The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Friday morning to you, November 10th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on this Morning Blend, the observance of the Veterans Day holiday. Good morning, Patrick. It always inspires me. I woke up thinking about that this morning and thinking about my uncle who who is a veteran and, and all the veterans I know. And just a big thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for our love for our country. And uh all, all that you've done to, to preserve liberty. We just, we can't thank you enough for that. So also a, a big day. I would be remiss uh, if we didn't mention it's also a birthday of one of the service branches too. Oh, <laughs> my Facebook feed has been filling up. No other uh, branch of the services celebrates their birthday quite like the Marines. What does it say here? It's something like their 248th birthday or something like that. I'm going to double check that. We'll talk more about it. Happy birthday to the Marines. See, I grew up in an Army community, so I've kind of, I, I, and I have great respect for the Marines. I love the Marines, have several dear, dear friends that are Marines, because once a Marine, always a Marine. Mm-hmm. I know that. Simplify. Uh, but I grew up in an Army community, so okay. I understand the little rivalry going on there. You oh, know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about the Marines at our 8 o'clock hour, because there's some interesting things about this particular branch. And, and you're right, once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, we have our good friend Paul, who uh, just, you know, that is a big part of who he is. And he's so proud of that. And I love those service members. All of them and all the branches are you're proud of that, too. And, you know, his excitement has influenced my own son, who he's oh. he's got a recruiter in all the different branches. But he, he does kind of seem to like that passion of the Marines. And then we'll be talking about a really interesting program for Marines, the Reboot Program. Roy Harrington, you, you'll be talking to him later this morning. Roy is leading this effort here in the uh, Archdiocese of Portland to help Marines, and as well as other service members, mm-hmm. all veterans. I don't think he just focuses on Marines, but uh, uh, that's a really cool program. I'm eager yes. to hear more about that later this morning. Yeah, fantastic. Now, now the thing I want to know this morning, though, at the outset, how's your head? How's your head? Brenda was out out gallivanting last night. I just don't don't have enough of Portland once I cross <laughs> over the city because I came right back in. Here is the rule for for parents, and if you've got young adults uh, in you know that you're you're still kind of raising along. I've got twenty year olds, a teenager, eighteen year old in my household. When your daughters say to you, "Mom," We want you to come to a concert with us. The answer should always be yes. Oh. That your children want to spend time I with you. I thought you were going to say no. Now, no tell them well, no. there was a moment yesterday. <laughs> I came back to town yesterday, earplugs in hand, of course. <laughs> I went to a Jonas Brothers concert with my daughters. Now, I've been watching this group for many years. They started off with like Camp Rock on Disney Channel or something. They were kind of one of those young groups, and now they're all... Men. They're not even young men, I don't think, anymore. They're they're in their thirties now and boy. They still throw a great concert. <laughs> Sold out crowd. Uh, we'll just say, I think the um, women to men ratio was about 100 women for every one man. There were very few men in this arena last night. I kind of figured that, yeah. But a great time. And I enjoyed the concert, but I more enjoyed spending the evening with my daughters. There you go. It was a great time. But uh, 
I didn't get to bed until very, very, very late. So if Brenda's moving a little slow this morning, we'll blame <laughs> the Jonas Brothers. It's their fault. Yes, it's yeah. their fault. So if you're listening <laughs> on the Jonas, line. Jonas, he's trouble. Oh, I tell you what, all of them. They're <laughs> heading up to Seattle today. I think they're going to be up there for their concert this evening. So, But again, I, I feel blessed to know that my daughters want to spend time with me. This is that is exactly the place I want to be at this point in my life. You're blessed. You yeah, really yes, are. certainly am. Patrick, we do have a great show to get to today. What do you got coming up? Oh, we have got a port. Portland institution that is uh, is going to be going away. We'll tell you about that. And it's uh, um, kind of sad. But it, it's still going to be around in, in some ways, but not not in the way it, it, it we're used to. So we'll, we'll tell you about that coming up. All right. And earlier in the week, Patrick, I told you the story about this uh, terminally ill infant Indy yeah. in, in uh, England. It looked like they were going to take her off life support. However, a court has ruled. They're going to see if they can take her, in fact, to Vatican Hospital. So prayers for that, and I'll give you an update on her story as well. So let's start this Friday morning with Ikendalu and make it loud. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Cities burn. Mothers cry, oh my Lord, save my child. I know love is on our side, still I pray. Why, oh why, when the world beats you 
Walker Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That is Icondalo and make it loud. Not too loud. Brenda was out late last night, so don't <laughs> raise It was loud in the Moda Center. <laughs> hey, our buddy Ken Hellenius is going to make it loud with us. We're going to talk about Mother Cabrini. Her feast day is coming up, and we'll ask him what's wrong with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. They did not look good Saturday. <gasps> okay. No, they didn't. And we'll check your weekend weather coming up next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer Thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. What's the best way to stay on top of things in our local Catholic community? Monterey Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect way to connect directly into all the exciting fall activities. And you can jump right into the middle of it all like a big pile of leaves. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to MontereyRadio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be accessing our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your own prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows you won't find on the radio. Plus, you'll discover our Catholic lifestyle features, news, sports, fun fall festivities on the interactive community calendar, and much, much more. Get plugged directly into your local Catholic community with the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 712 at Mater Dei Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. Got some fog out there this morning. That's going to burn off and then give way to some cloudy skies. Chance of rain this afternoon, right around 30% and the high 51. Tonight, that chance of rain goes up to 80%. Could see up to a couple tenths of an inch, low about 47. And then more rain tomorrow. The chance of rain, 100%. Can't get any <laughs> higher than that. Okay. So that means it's going to rain. 
Currently, it is 49 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. And much cooler down south in the valley. It's 42 where they're getting ready for a high school football playoff action tonight at Marist Catholic High School in Eugene. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. And it is always a great Friday when our good friend Ken Hellenius joins us. I've learned so much over the years from Ken about the saints and things going on in South Bend. The other thing that I've just recently learned too, Ken Hellenius was the actual model for the Touchdown Jesus mural at <laughs> Notre Dame University. He is joining us today. Good morning, Ken. How are you doing? <laughs> I am uh, I am well. Those were back in my much Dinner, much more, uh, much more attractive days. So. You had a glorious head of hair back then, too. It looks like. <laughs> oh, it was a fantastic mane, you know. And if you notice, it's really all business in the front and party in the back. <laughs> Who knew? That's how Jesus was. That was a, a, a Hebrew mullet, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, Love Ken, it. I got to ask you before before we get into talking about the wonderful Mother Cabrini. What has happened to the Irish? Uh, you know, oh, uh, seven and three, man. I I, I thought, you know, it, it was late in the Ohio State game, and I just flashed, we're going all the way this year. This is the year. Irish are coming yeah. back, going to win it all. It has not come to fruition. I should never have no, thought that no. because it went downhill no. from there. Um, you know, I've been an Irish fan all my life, and um, – one learns quickly that heartbreak is at the core of what it means to be an Irish fan. Um, it, I, I, I don't like to throw the team under the bus, and I certainly won't, but I will say this. There's a catalog of, like, you know, Irish gear and things like that that, that, that gets sent to fans, you know, and um, it has, you know, hats and shirts and things like that. And on the back of the catalog was a perfume or, and a cologne, and uh, my friends and I, who are uh, cynics, said, you know, it opens with wonderful, bright, exciting notes. And then by the end, you just end with disappointment and sorrow. Uh, so. Oh, Ken, that is uh, heartbreaking. And, and we know, just pray for Our Lady's consolation. I will make a prediction. Right. They won't lose this weekend. Well, I, you know, you uh, you are. I will take that money. <laughs> <laughs> you never they don't can play tell. This weekend, they're off. I know exactly. It's hard to, hard to lose when you're not out on the field. Yeah. Exactly. Can, oh golly. Yeah, Ken, this summer, my husband and, and our son, we went with some friends to Washington, D.C. And of course, with any Catholic, if you are going to Washington, D.C., it requires a stopover at the uh, National Basilica at uh, uh, the University in Washington, D.C. And when you walk through and you see all of the beauty there, they have a wonderful crypt area. In that crypt area, there are three statues, and one of them is Mother Cabrini, which is very interesting of all of the saints that we have to honor in, in our Catholic faith, that the National Basilica will have this beautiful ivory sculpture of Mother Cabrini in it. So tell her, introduce our listeners to Mother Cabrini. Her feast day is coming up, I believe, on Monday. Yeah, November 13th is when we here in the United States celebrate Mother Cabrini. And she is, of course, significant because she is the first American saint uh, the first American to be canonized as a saint. Uh, she was canonized in 1946, 
Um, she herself actually was born in northern Italy in Lombardy in 1850. Uh, uh, she was the 13th child to a family of farmers. Uh, her mother was 52 when she was born. So she was uh, a part of a very large family, but she received a great education. And um, she was fascinated by the missions uh, from from childhood. And she really wanted to be a missionary to the Far East. She was inspired by hearing the stories, uh, especially of saints like Francis Xavier, who was, of course, one of the early Jesuits and, and preached the, the faith in India and Japan. And she really wanted to preach the gospel. Uh, she got involved in orphanage work uh, and, and actually kind of managed an orphanage uh, in northern Italy. And the local bishop asked her to establish a religious community to support uh, the um, the orphans in the area. And so she established a religious community called the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart. So even in the name of her group, she pointed out that she loved the missions. Um, the bishop encouraged her to go talk to the Holy Father, uh, Pope Leo XIII. And Pope Leo told her, I don't want you to go east but I want you to go west. I want you, Mother Cabrini, to go and minister to the Italian immigrants in the United States, uh, who were, of course, at the turn of the 20th century, were not welcome. They were, they were, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, this has been a constant problem, right? Uh, and so the Italian immigrants in the United States were in great need of support. And Mother Cabrini came to the United States uh, and in, established an orphanage in New York City. She, of course, was also not well-received even by the local church, but she persisted. And she established a, um, an orphanage in New York City called the Sacred Heart Orphan Asylum. And then her order uh, began to expand immensely. And she began to establish communities uh, in different parts of the United States, orphanages, schools, and hospitals, specifically to support immigrants. Um, in 1909, she made her way to Seattle, Washington, where she established a, a hospital and an orphanage and a school, and she was received into the American citizenship. So she became an American citizen in 1909, uh, and uh, by the time she died in 1917, she had established 67 institutions across wow. the United States and had more than 500 sisters as part of the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart. And so, yeah, she was uh, she was a great inspiration to those of us who need to recognize the face of Christ in everyone we meet, regardless of their citizenship, regardless of their ethnic background. She is an inspiration to charity, to ultimately to feed the hungry, to house the uh, homeless, to care for the sick. All of these corporal works of mercy were what Mother Cabrini modeled for uh, for Americans and certainly for people throughout the world. And uh, in on her feast coming up, November 13th, we remember Mother Cabrini as the patroness of immigrants, but as our own American saint. Ken Hellenius joins us from Notre Dame, Indiana this morning, talking about Mother Cabrini. And Ken, uh, something you mentioned really uh, struck me. She was in Seattle. Did she become an American citizen during her time there in Seattle? And do we know much about what she did there here in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, so um, she established a hospital uh, right next to the cathedral in Seattle. So it's on First Hill, and it's called uh, Cabrini Hospital. 
the tower still stands, Cabrini Tower, uh, and uh, but uh, the hospital has been merged into other hospitals since. Um, she did become a citizen there, and when they remodeled St. James Cathedral in Seattle uh, in the 90s, they included a major relic of Mother Cabrini underneath the new altar in wow. St. James Cathedral. Uh, and there's a fantastic little statue of Mother Cabrini at the back uh, of St. James Cathedral on the right side where uh, you can go and, and venerate uh, Mother Cabrini there. Um, she also established Sacred Heart Academy, which is a, a remains a school in, uh, on the east side of, uh, of Seattle. Um, and so, yeah, she uh, did, uh, you know, had her community there. And uh, I believe some missionary sisters still live in Seattle but uh, Mother Cabrini is forever connected to the city of Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. She's currently, she is buried uh, in uh, the northern tip of, of Manhattan in New York uh, at a shrine there. But there are shrines also in Colorado and in Chicago where she died. So uh, we have a number of shrines across America where you can uh, visit Mother Cabrini. But uh, you can also, if you're in the Northwest, if you're in Seattle, then uh, pop by the cathedral and, and uh and kneel down and offer thanksgiving for the missionary work of Mother Cabrini. Definitely going to do that, Ken. Thanks for the tip. I, n- I never realized. Yeah, that's. she has always remained my absolute favorite saint. She is my go-to. You know, a lot of people, when they lose something, they go to St. Anthony. But Mother Cabrini, because she is, you know, my local saint, as I think of her, uh, I always go to Mother Cabrini. She's my go-to. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Well, Ken, thank you so much. So I will add Mother Cabrini to the list of saints that Ken has told me more about. I appreciate your time today. Enjoy uh, your weekend and uh, enjoy not watching the Irish this weekend. <laughs> hey, take care. Take care. God bless you, Ken. And it's 723 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Pat and Brenda. And Brenda, do you know we are less than a month away from the Feast of the Immaculate Conception? That is coming up on December 8th. I thought, almost thought you were going to say less than a month away from Sherathon. I no, about no, no, went, no, oh! No, no. <laughs> but this is this is a big deal because Sherathon yes. helps with this. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you may be going, why is he mentioning the Feast of the Immaculate Conception? You know, uh, we're a month away. That is our 34th birthday. Happy that is birthday when to we, us. That's right. We started as America's oldest lay Catholic radio station. So we're getting ready for this big birthday celebration. And we got a lot of great things planned for the 34th year. But we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you for making that possible. And uh, keep listening because we're going to give you the gifts on our birthday. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. 
Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? AllSource Communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at AllSourceCommunications.com. That's AllSourceCommunications.com or call 503-967-4887 for AllSource Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Monterey Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 725 at Mater Day Radio, it's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, and it's the second round of high school football playoffs going on here in Oregon, while the state playoffs kick off in Washington. Lots of Catholic schools in the mix will tell you all about their weekend plans just ahead. And Pope Francis has some busy plans coming up. His official schedule for his trip to Dubai has been released. He's going to get around town while he's there. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is John Finch and Rita West, Heart of Mercy. And we are Brenda and Pat on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. There is a harbor for those in need of safety. place where we can rest there is a father who left his throne above to find to find this wayward soul
leading souls to Jesus through the most blessed Virgin Mary. That is John Finch and Rita West and the Heart of Mercy. It's 730. The Vatican has released the schedule for Pope Francis' trip to Dubai in early December to attend the COP28 climate conference. The Pope will visit the United Arab Emirates' most populous city December 1st to the 3rd, where he will give a speech, meet world leaders, and help launch a pavilion for faith-based engagement at the United Nations Climate Summit. It will be the first time that the Pope has attended the UN's annual environmental meeting. Pope Francis published the apostolic exhortation Laudate Deum last month that called climate change one of the principal challenges facing society and the global community. Pope Francis is scheduled to speak at COP28 on December 2nd at 10 a.m. Then following the speech, the Pope will spend the rest of the day participating in private bilateral meetings with other attendees. It will be Pope Francis' second time traveling to the EA, excuse me, the UAE. A man suspected of pointing a gun at someone in a Popeye's parking lot in Salem was injured after he was shot by officers yesterday afternoon, according to Salem police. Authorities say the man was holding a gun and stopping drivers outside the restaurant on Lancaster Drive in northeast Salem. When police arrived around 4.30 yesterday afternoon, an officer saw the man walking near Coral Avenue and Wolverine Street. The officer said the suspect pointed a gun at them in their car before shooting him. Officials took the suspect to a hospital with non-life-threatening injury, and the officer was unharmed. Oregon State Police and the Marion County District Attorney's Office are investigating. A terminally ill British infant has been given more time to live after a court on Thursday gave her family permission to appeal a judge's decision mandating where her life support can be removed. According to a Christian advocacy group, the court may also consider the possibility of allowing the family to take the child to Italy for treatment at a Vatican-run hospital. Indy Gregory, born in February, suffers from a rare degenerative disease and has been receiving life-sustaining treatment on a ventilator at Queen's Medical Center in England. The Italian consulate, in his capacity granted guard, uh, capacity as guardianship judge for Gregory, issued an emergency measure November 8th, recognizing the authority of the Italian courts in this case. The measure authorizes the adoption of the Bambino Jesus Specialist Treatment Plan and assumes protection of Gregory, appointing the Italian hospital's general manager as Gregory's guardian. The Portland teacher strike has taken an unusual turn. Dozens of students showed up to where mediation was happening between the Portland Association of Teachers and the school district administrators yesterday in southwest Portland, calling for a fair deal for their teachers and an end to the strike. The students demanded the district work swiftly with the union to reach a deal. KGW is reporting that lawyers representing the district plan to file an unfair practices charge against the Portland Association of Teachers for what they're calling unacceptable conduct that undermines the hard work of the bargaining team for the teachers' rallies yesterday. The attorney said two of the rallies targeted specific district officials, board member Andrew Scott and the PPS chief of staff. There will be no school today due to Veterans Day. 
On Thursday, a judge placed a temporary hold against the enforcement of Portland's daytime ban on homeless camps that was slated to start next week. Attorneys filed last week for a preliminary injunction asking a Multnomah County judge to block the ban while the court case unfolds. Attorneys for homeless Portland residents said enforcement of the ordinance would lead to the harm of the most vulnerable. They also said the camping ban is vague and difficult to understand. Attorneys for Portland said the city had a right to decide what public land can be used for camping and what cannot. Now, the judge ruled against the city blocking the enforcement of the ban from starting on Monday. The judge stated that... Quote, the court finds that plaintiffs made a sufficient showing to warrant preservation of the status quo so that upon a final hearing, full relief may be granted. Mayor Ted Reeler issued a statement regarding the ruling saying, I believe the status quo is not working. And in sports, it's the second round of high school football playoffs here in the state of Oregon, and the Catholic schools are still going strong. Big matchup tonight in 6A, Jesuit takes on number one West Lynn, while Lake Ridge takes on Central Catholic out in Hillsboro. And dropping down to Class 4A, Marist Catholic High School in Eugene will host Mazama. In 2A, tomorrow afternoon down in Staten, Hepner takes on Regis Catholic. And if we go north of the Columbia up in Washington in the 1A playoffs, congratulations to the Seton Cougars. They got their very first playoff win last week, and they're going to keep rolling, taking on Kings High School up in Shoreline. And that's a, a contest tomorrow up there in Shoreline. But, boy, I'm going to tell you, they, they they are flying high at Seton Catholic High School. The Cougars having a great season, only one blemish, and I think they only lost by one point to La Center. That's the only loss they have on the season. So they're doing great up uh, there. Yeah. It's, it's really exciting, and so many families in the parishes that I've been connected with have children that went to Seton High School. I managed to make it to a few games a couple seasons ago. They are a supportive family of uh, students and faculty. Yeah, it's exciting to see. We we did a game up there, I guess, about three years ago, four years ago, and uh, it was just the field and and some temporary bleachers, and, but they made the most of it. And it's a beautiful field, beautiful stadium. You can see what it's going to become, but they're on the way now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all all about the playoffs and winning football games, and they're doing it. Well, in Lifestyle, Brenda, there is a Portland institution that is going to be going through a rapid change. It's uh, one of our destination breweries, and after a much-lauded 10-year career, Ecliptic Brewing, their founder and legendary Oregon brewer John Harris announced on social media that it had sold. He what? had opened Ecliptic uh, back in 2013 up in North Portland, and uh, you may may know their their uh, Sunburst IPA. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty prominent, and uh, uh, John has had some other success with some other beers. Uh, Mirror Pond, if you're familiar with that brew, John. That's his. That's his oh, baby. Okay. That, although that's Deschutes. But uh, the brand will apparently still exist, but they're going to be closing the restaurant up. And Harris will still be participating in some fashion uh, as a brewer, but uh, there's, they're not going to have that cool setting up in North Portland anymore. And uh, the website brewbound.com revealed the new owner is Great Frontier Holdings, 
which formed in the summer of last year uh, when Ninkazi Brewing, which is out of Eugene, really good brewer down there, uh, merged with Wings and Arrow in their brand portfolio. And now they're bringing Ecliptic in. I think that's a strong lineup for them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm going to miss. It's a really, you know, you see it as you're going up I-5 and 205 exactly. right there. You see it. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be there anymore. Um but Harris has yet to actually confirm that that's who the ownership is. So that's a little bit of a rumor uh, right now. But uh, I hate to see it go away. Oh, I, had, sure. I went up there a few times. They had a blast. It's kind of got this constellation theme to everything. Sure. And uh, I know David David Endress was just a big fan. And he I was, think he, knows he enjoyed John that there. Well, I so, pass by yeah. that every day when I come to and from. Of course, coming from work back into Vancouver, you see it right there off of I-5. You can see Ecliptic Brewing, too. Since uh, so, COVID. It's been rough on the brewers around here. But is there another city in the country that associates itself so wonderfully to these microbrews in Portland? So uh, we just wish them well. And always, whenever I have a story about uh, our our breweries here in Portland, I just got to thank the monks because if it weren't for (laughs) them, we would not have beer (laughs) in our world today. So thank you to them. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this evening, beginning at 6.30 p.m., is the Catholic Friendship Group gathering at St. Birgitta's Catholic Church here in Portland. This group is for single Catholics ages 40 to 60 who are looking to grow in faith and fellowship. To learn more and for future topics, you can go to catholicfriendshipgroup.com. Today's event will be a presentation on vestments. Very interesting. They always have a good time. They, I think I they, they definitely do. do. Yeah. Maybe tip back a brew or two <laughs> also. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Don't get any on the vestments, okay? No. Don't, do not no. do that. Do not do Sometimes that. Sometimes a little uh, sacramental wine, though, might splash. Well, we're, we're celebrating Veterans Day, I guess, a day early today. But uh, we have got a really, really fascinating interview coming up next. Roy Harrington is here to tell us about the reboot program for veterans here in the Archdiocese of Portland. We'll talk with Roy after we check the weather next. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard-bearer, Michael the archangel, bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, 
please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. 743 at Mater Day Radio, and we've got some fog out there. Be careful on the road. It should burn off later this morning, and then the rain rolls in this afternoon. 30% chance with a high near 51, and that chance of rain going up this evening to 80%, low 47. Tomorrow, well, it doesn't get any higher than this. 100% <laughs> chance of rain okay. tomorrow. High 53. What we're saying is it's going to be a wet weekend. Okay, well, I'll be ready for it for sure. Currently, it is 45 degrees at St. Peter's Catholic. Church in Eugene. And 44 at St. Mary Cathedral here in Portland. We're very excited today to speak with Roy Harrington. Roy is a retired Army Reserve officer and commander of American Legion Post in Belfair, Washington. He's also a member of Prince of Peace Catholic Church in Washington. Roy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brenda and Deacon Scott. It's great to be here. Roy, I want you to tell us a little bit about what you do, because I think that initially when we were preparing for the interview, you shared with us uh, the idea of moral injury. And Mm -hmm. it's I I don't think it's something that a lot of people are familiar with. So I just kind of share with our listeners a little bit about what you do. Let me go back a little bit in history. Um, My last Army assignment, I was assigned to the Pentagon staff on the Army G1 or personnel staff from July of 2005 to July of 2008. And the the personnel staff does lots of things, including a lot of personnel counting, keeping track of what units were going over to Iraq and Afghanistan and what units are coming back and keeping track of the total count of soldiers deployed. Um, And I worked in the uh, personnel contingency cell, PCC. And um, one of the things, the most sobering thing we did is we tracked every single soldier's death and funeral right up to the day of burial for the entire army worldwide. And I was there for four consecutive summers, 2005, six, seven, and eight, uh, for three or four months at a time. And at the same time, I was um, studying some moral theology uh, and reading a book entitled The Powers That Be by Walter Wink, a Methodist theologian. And um, but in his book, he talks about the myth of redemptive violence. It's in video games. It's in TV shows. It's this myth that when warriors, and I use that collectively, of all people in the military, including police officers in our civilian society, sure. when they have to use force, even when it's absolutely justified, it, it takes part of their soul. And that is a moral injury. This concept of moral injury has been around 
for more than 40 years since Vietnam, I've had the chance to study the work of a couple psychologists and a, and a couple th more theologians, but it's really a wound of the soul when a warrior has to do something or fails to prevent something or witnesses something that's against their moral beliefs. And looking at the at that through the lens of moral injury, watching in our mind's eye the disciples witnessing this oppression that Jesus goes through and of ultimately his death, uh, they are suffering in the upper room. Um, Absolutely. And, and so that to get to that moral injury, it is the Holy Spirit that we as Catholics recognize is the freer of that injuries effect precisely it's, it's, and inviting that in yeah. can you speak to that how do you how do you do that in the, i'm recognizing that this is not just um a christian focus there's well, many different viewpoints since i worked at the pentagon back in 2008 after i left i left the pentagon in july of 2008 i came back to washington state back to seattle the seattle area and um retired from the army shortly thereafter but I continued to go around the state of Washington, and I've been all over the state of Washington, including at Gonzaga, where we had a couple of veterans conferences, teaching people about moral injury, because it has been rel a relatively new thing. The grace comes in many ways, but my, my, my lived experience, also when I was a volunteer on the chaplain staff at the VA in Seattle, is that that moment of grace typically doesn't come until a warrior is on his or her deathbed. Mm. And they're, 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 they're grappling with their deepest woundedness their deepest to use a phrase from pentecost perhaps or you know the betrayal of jesus would be you know peter's hmm. deepest wound right right when he wasn't there at the end i've had warriors say things to me like you know roy if you knew what i've done you would never you wouldn't even be talking to me today or this is one that really hurt me one night in the psych unit at the va hospital a warrior tells me you know god can cannot forgive me for what I've done, hmm. you know, they put God in a box, a small box, where the limits of God's mercy and grace, right? You know, where there are limits, but I mean, as we know, there are no limits. God's grace is infinite, and I try to share that with them, Deacon Scott. I try to share that God has already forgiven you, and the hard part is getting them to forgive themselves, as I'm sure it was for Peter and the other apostles. Right. And, but, and and that forgiveness that you speak of, the forgiveness of others. And most importantly, the forgiveness of yourself. That's the part is, the veterans struggle with. Is that wall. We are joined today by Roy Harrington. Roy is a retired Army Reserve officer and a commander of American Legion Post in Belfair, Washington. He is joining us today as we talk about some of the the injuries that our servicemen and women come home with that, well, that the rest of us don't see. Roy, in hearing about what you're talking about and listening to the trauma and the struggle of those coming back to, you know, stateside for all mm -hmm. of us, you know, life goes on as normal. And yet for them, it'll never be the same. Mm -hmm. Is the church, is our government, is our healthcare system, are we just failing at this or is there more that needs to be done or are we doing whatever we can and that God mm -hmm. has yeah. got to take care of the rest. Well, in that regard, Brenda, I think there's some good news. The, the first thing is what I experienced at the VA, and, and by the way, I'm also a veteran service officer for the American Legion. I assist veterans every Tuesday and Thursday as a volunteer with their VA claims. And I still have contact with VA chaplains uh, that I've worked with in the past. And the good news is, is that, that moral injury 
is about to become an official diagnosis that can be treated by the VA. Right now, up until now, post-traumatic stress is the only thing that the VA can call this. You know, but post-traumatic stress is a fear response to when you nearly get killed or you're seriously injured or somebody close to you is wounded or injured. And it happens in civilian life. It happens in military life at a higher rate. But the VA is now recognizing moral injury. And chaplains and psychologists and medical doctors on the VA staff are recognizing the effects of moral injury, this soul wound, that goes far beyond the effects of post-traumatic stress. Now, many warriors have a combination of things. They can have post-traumatic stress, they can have moral injury, and they can have a traumatic brain injury. And all of those have to be treated medically, psychologically, and spiritually. And so they're trying to work together to treat the whole person mm. with, with proper drugs, with the right counseling, and the proper pastoral care. And I think that's the direction we're heading. So it's starting to be recognized, it's starting to be treated. And um, two and a half years ago, after about eight years of not really knowing, not really having anything other than individual pastoral counseling to give to veterans, uh, my wife Diana and I discovered a course called Reboot Combat Recovery. And it came out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky. A young pastor named Evan and his wife Jenny, who's a physical therapist, or uh, occupational therapist, excuse me, at Fort Campbell's Army Hospital, uh, created this wonderful 12-week course, one night a week for 12 weeks, to help warriors heal from post-traumatic stress, moral injury, and other invisible wounds of war. And we've been able to offer the course twice up in North Mason County in South Puget Sound. And I'm happy to report that down here in the Portland area, in Eugene, there are a whole bunch of people offering this course. It's gone worldwide. Almost anywhere where there are U.S. warriors, there is a reboot course, a reboot combat recovery course available. And uh, if your listeners who might be in need uh, go to rebootrecovery.com, they can find a course near them. We have them in Puget Sound around JBLM, Joint Base Lewis McCord. We have them up at Naval Base Everett in, in uh Puget Sound. Diane and I are trying to start a course at Naval Base Kitsap at the Bangor Sub Base for the Marines there on the on the security details. As many of them have combat experience in Afghanistan and Afghanistan and Iraq. So this is offered by chaplains and lay people as well. Sometimes on base, sometimes most more often off base at a, in a church setting. There are moments there. There are opportunities for healing now. Spouses of veterans know their pain more than anyone because they see the nightmares. They see the alcoholism. They see the drug abuse. They see the sleep, sleepless, the sleepless nights. They know better than anyone. So the, this reboot course is really for the whole family. Well, Roy, I sure appreciate your time today. Such a, a huge issue. And I know that we have only yeah. just scratched at what would be a surface of that, but I really yeah. appreciate your time so much today. I hope your listeners will really check out rebootrecovery.com. Again, there are several courses that are led here in the Portland, Eugene area. Uh, some of the national leaders are from Eugene and Portland. Well, thank you again for your time. That is Roy Harrington. I will be sure to add all the information that Roy talked about in links to reboot.com where you can find out information about a local chapter. And you're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com. 
753 at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And as we get closer to Thanksgiving and the holidays, and perhaps you're going out this weekend to stock up, remember, you can shop for the cause. So every time you go out and buy groceries, you can help Catholic Radio at the very same time. It's a win-win for everybody involved. It's a Fred Myers Community Rewards Program, and you can just get signed up, and they can do that right at matradayradio.com. Just look for that ways to support us and shop for the cause. And every time you go shopping, you'll be helping Matraday Radio. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 756 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life, and a new Portland sports tradition starts tonight. We'll have all the details on that next. And in the midst of a war and putting their own lives at risk, Catholics in Jerusalem gather to pray. I'll tell you about that story coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. There have definitely been some really good popes throughout the centuries who have served the church well. Did you know that there have only been four that were officially declared great in all 2000 years of the church? Today, we're looking at the story of the first one ever, Pope Leo the Great. Leo was born to a noble family in Tuscany around the year 400, where he excelled in his studies and became known for his writings and compelling sermons. He became a deacon, and by the year 431, he had already become the highly respected around the region of Rome, so much so that he was entrusted to become Rome's diplomat. Because of his leadership and eloquence, Leo was soon elected as the next Pope of Rome in the year 440. Now, at this time in early church history, the title Pope simply meant that one was a bishop. It wasn't until the leadership of Pope Leo that the name was only used by the Bishop of Rome to establish what was now known as the Papal Authority. 
Pope Leo began to surround himself with theologically sound individuals who would aid in counseling him as the new Pope. He also set boundaries and expectations for what the Bishop of Rome would have, therefore contributing much of the centralized papal authority we all know now in the Catholic Church. That the Pope is the predecessor of the original apostles and is centrally responsible for shepherding the universal church. If you've ever heard of Attila the Hun, you know full well that he was nowhere near as comical as he was portrayed in the Night at the Museum. He was a barbaric man known for his ravaging and conquering. When he threatened to march on Rome, Pope Leo and two other individuals were sent to reason with him. Within no time at all, Attila agreed to leave Rome alone, and it was all thanks to the powerful words of Pope Leo, with the help of a vision from St. Peter who was threatening the invader at Blade Point. Pope Leo would go on to defend Rome yet again from another barbaric king by the name of Genseric of Vandals in 455, grasping peace from the jaws of another tyrant. Throughout the remainder of his life, Pope Leo would continue to write. His most famous work was The Tome, a letter he wrote defending Christology that was read at the Council of Chalcedon against many heresies on the person of Christ. Because of this and many other powerful writings that have survived to this day, Pope Leo was declared one of the few doctors of the church in 1574. Saint Leo helped build the church up and keep her enemies at bay. May he continue to intercede for the church that she may be protected both in her teachings and in the heart of God's children. Saint Leo the Great, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. Awaken the Saint is made in partnership by Spoke Street Media and Awaken Catholic. Pope Saint Leo the Great, he's not just a saint, he's a doctor. That's right. <laughs> hey, for more information on the saints and the doctors of the church, you can check it out on the Hail Mary Media app. And you can download that by visiting us at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. In your news this hour, Catholics in Jerusalem gathered for a prayer vigil on Thursday to implore from God the gift of peace for their land and also to affirm that they are ready to be peacemakers themselves. The prayer was presided over by Cardinal Pier Battista Pisbala, Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem. Hundreds of people women and men, children and the elderly, as well as representatives from all the Christian churches in Jerusalem, gathered at the Terra Sancta High School courtyard as one family to pray and to speak together as Christians. The patriarch emphasized that what the Christian attitude should be in this kind of situation. He said, first of all, live as a community. There is no space for our little fights. We have to be united, and Jesus is the one who unites us, he said. President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will meet Wednesday in California for talks on trade, Taiwan, and managing fraught U.S.-Chinese relations in the first engagement between the leaders of the world's two biggest economies in nearly a year. The White House has said for weeks that it anticipated that President Biden and Xi would meet on the sidelines of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit, which is going on in San Francisco, but negotiations went down to the eve of the gathering, which kicks off tomorrow. Both sides appear to be carefully considering security for the meeting, declining to publicize the venue of the much-anticipated talks. 
On Thursday, the Clark County Sheriff's Office announced that deputies and commission personnel will begin to wear body cameras after the city council's unanimous approval nearly two years ago. The announcement comes after a month-long test trial of the body cameras back in April. Now, the Clark County City Council authorized the five-year contract with the Axon Enterprises Corporation. This corporation will provide the department not only body cameras, but also include vehicle cameras and updated tasers. The sheriff's office says that more training will continue and by the end of 2023, nearly all commissioned personnel will have the body cameras. Once the body cameras and new tasers are in place, vehicle mounted and interview room cameras will be set up. Dozens of students showed up where mediation was happening between Portland Association of Teachers and the school district administrators in southwest Portland yesterday. The students were calling for a fair deal for their teachers and an end to the strike. They demanded the district work to swiftly settle with the union and reach a deal. KGW is reporting this morning that lawyers representing the district plan to file an unfair labor practices charge against the Portland Association of Teachers for what they're calling unacceptable conduct that undermines the hard work of the bargaining team for the teachers' rallies yesterday. The attorney said two of the rallies targeted district officials, board member Andrew Scott and the PPS chief of staff. There's no school today in the Portland Public Schools because of Veterans Day. And the IRS on Thursday announced higher federal income tax brackets and standard deductions for 2024. This year, the tax brackets are shifting higher by about 5.4%. And the agency has boosted the income threshold for each bracket applying to tax year 2024 for returns filed in 2025. So for next year, the top rate of 37% applies to individuals with taxable income above. This will leave us out, Patrick, $609,000. That's, and for married just couples, it. just <laughs> missed it. 731000 Yeah, the good deacon and I are, are not, no, anywhere close to that. But the standard deduction will also increase in 2024, rising to $29,200 for married couples filing jointly up from uh, $27,700, and single filers may claim up to $14,600 for their standard deduction. In sports, the Portland Trailblazers have assigned rookies Chris Murray and Ryan Rapport to the Rip City Remix. Murray selected with the 23 overall pick in June's NBA draft, and Rupert, taken in the second round, were not playing within the Razors' regular rotation in the early start to the season. And the Rip City Remix will tip off their inaugural season tonight down in Los Angeles. They'll play their first home game. They're doing that at the University of Portland's Child Center next Friday, November 17th. It is going to be a big party out there next Friday night. I got the invitation. Unfortunately, I'm going to be in Texas. I have to miss it. Gosh, I'd love to be there, but uh, the folks at Backwoods Brewing are brewing up a special uh, beer for the event, and it's just going to be a lot of fun out at the Child Center. So make plans ahead of time. Go out there, and it's a new era in Portland sports, the Rip City Remix. 
The jerseys are so cool. It's it's like going back to the 70s again. Oh, was as old as new again. I just hope they wear those short shorts with the, no with the, high, short white, shorts. the high white socks. I love that look. Yeah, that ain't coming back. <laughs> From the halls of on my Facebook feed and Instagram for a while. Now, a big countdown. They count this day down. The United States Marine Corps celebrates its 248th birthday today. In 1775, the Corps was born out of a Philadelphia tavern during the Revolutionary War. Now, for those who have earned the title of Marine, November 10th is celebrated as if it were their own birthday, serving as a yearly reminder of the brave spirit that has compelled young men and women to defend our nation and its interest for more than two centuries. Now, here's some interesting things. It was, in fact, born out of a discussion at a tavern, turn tavern <laughs> in Philadelphia. <laughs> From that night, the first amphibious raid was only a week after its creation. <laughs> I mean, they don't mess around, those no, Marines, for sure. Now, Marine, male Marine recruits who attend boot camp, which is the longest of any of the military forces. Marines spend the longest in boot camp. Uh, if you are on the west side of the Mississippi, you go to San Diego. And if you're on the east side of the Mississippi, you go to uh, Paris Island. Now, Paris Island recruits call uh, the people in San Diego the Hollywood <laughs> Marines. And there's they say that the, the Hollywood Marines, they don't have a name for Paris Islands because they have to deal with samplies. Oh. So they said that's enough for you guys, too. Now, the Marine Corps has a mascot, and I got to bring this one up. Oh, yeah. It's an English bulldog mm -hmm. named Chesty. This mascot was named after Marine Lieutenant General Lewis Chesty Puller, the only Marine to earn five Navy crosses. Now, the reason why I talk about Chesty is because, well, I had a little visit with Chesty when we were in Washington, D.C. Really? In the summertime, it's called 8th and I, meaning that's the streets, so that's the Commandant's house. And they do this evening retirement of the flag for tourists and for for high-ranking personnel also have the, the event, and they go to it. Well, as we were lining up to get into our bleacher station, well, a Marine came walking out, and Chesty was with him, and he wow. just walked right on by us. And he was uh, he even has a, a his own uniform and a little medal on it. They say Chesty goes through his own type of boot camp also to make sure he is up to snuff with all, uh, just maybe a head above all the other pups. That is so cool. Chesty. <laughs> It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This weekend, there are holiday bazaars at our parishes. So if you want to get a jump on a little holiday shopping, John the Baptist in Milwaukee, they are going to be offering a, a bazaar this weekend and St. John the Evangelist in Vancouver. So St. John's both sides of the river, you're going to be able to find some really wonderful things. And on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, OSU Newman Center lecture, Galaxy Stars, Planets and Life. 
a universe of awe and inspiration. This is happening on Zoom. The Newman Center invites everyone to join in their fall lecture by astrophysicist Dr. Jennifer Wiseman, who will share striking imagery from stars to galaxy as she encourages an attitude of awe and wonder before our beautiful and dynamic universe. I can't wait for that. Dr. Wiseman is, I was kind of studying up on some of the things she's written about. This is going to be really good. If you get a chance, if you have time, get on Zoom and watch that. Check it out. And whatever you do, don't forget about the bazaars this weekend. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and remember, all of the details can be found on our community calendar, matadayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Well, who is Palestrina and how does he influence our Mass? Terry Ross will tell us more about that as we celebrate the glory of the Mass on Mater Day Radio next. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. The Catholic Church dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join Mater Day Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Mater Day Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions at Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the morning blend with Pat and Brenda. And, uh, well, fog burning off already this morning, and that's going to give way to rain this afternoon. High near 51, 30% chance of rain, rising to 80% tonight, low 47. And it just keeps going up from there, Brenda. 100% chance of rain tomorrow. It's going to be a wet weekend. But, you know, there'll be some sun breaks in there, so take full advantage of it. 
All right. Currently, it is 45 degrees at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church up in Kelso. And 45 on the hilltop at Mount Angel in the Benedictine Brewery down there in Mount Angel. The end of our calendar year is still a couple of months away as far as the liturgical calendar goes. Well, we just got a few weeks left. Terry Ross is joining me this morning to give us a preview of his episode for the 32nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, the month of November, dedicated to the great Palestrina. Terry is joining us today to tell us a little bit more about it and what he's got in store for this week's episode. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, good morning to you, Brenda. So, Terry, long before we ever began our discussions and talking about the composers that that you feature on your show, I have heard of Palestrina before. He's very, very well known. Can I tell our listeners about this composer? Palestrina, who lived during during most of the, well, the, the, the last three quarters of the 16th century, is by far uh, the best-known composer of the Renaissance. Um, one of those reasons is that he wrote a lot of music, and, and, and it, we've, we still have it. It got left behind. It was published. Uh, and so we have uh, something like 100 masses that he wrote, as well as any number of motets, and other things, hymns and things like that. So he's one of the most prolific composers, but he's also uh, a composer whose gift was unique. He had a pure style. Uh, Very few other composers came anywhere near. Victoria is one, the Spanish composer, but not too many others. Uh, And that style was imitated by composers of much later times, a great deal more than other composers of the Renaissance. For example, uh, Bach imitated uh, Palestrina's style uh, in his B minor Mass. The Curie is very much written in the what they call the old style. Palestrina could have written that Curie, maybe. There's a few little things that are different, but uh, and Bach, of course, is many years after Palestrina. And the same applies to other composers of the 20th century and, and the 19th. 19th and 20th centuries, who were very influenced by Palestrina. And where was Palestrina from? He was from Italy. Okay. In fact, he was from a town called Palestrina. Oh. That's why <laughs> his family must have founded the city, uh, hence well, I don't the know. I don't similar know name. Family, uh, he was named after the city. I don't think his family. Oh, named after yeah. the city. I see how that goes. And Terry, you used the term that his music was very clear. Yes. So when talking about clear music, especially well, classical music like this, it all sounds very clear to me because the music are very pure in the words. So what, in your opinion, is striking to you that you would use the term clear when well, talking in, about Palestrina? In writing polyphonic music, you can get very complicated. And sometimes if you listen to Bach's uh, pieces for solo cello, for example, you'll hear some some rather difficult to understand polyphony. Uh, the same applies in some of other in some of Bach's keyboard works. Um, Palestrina, however, the the lines are all easy to follow, um, although they all go together really well. That's the amazing thing. You can understand the words of Palestrina very well. Now, at one point, uh, there's a story 
that the the papal censors wanted all the masses uh, to be so the, to be sung so that all the words could be understood mm-hmm. by people listening, and so they were sort of taking aim at people who were imitating Palestrina by writing very complicated music. Um, Palestrina responded to that with a with the with a famous Misa Papai Marcelli, the Pope Marcellus Mass, which is written in his regular style, but you can understand everything. Wow. Uh, because of because the clarity of his writing and the the way he puts the words and music together are just uh, one of a kind. Well, I'm looking forward to this episode. I am going to definitely be listening for the clarity in his writing and see if I can recognize it in this week's episode. Terry Ross is joining me today because we're getting a preview of his great show, The Glory of the Mass. We are already on the 32nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. That means one more Ordinary Time Sunday. Then it is the Feast of Christ, the King of the Universe. And that rounds out this liturgical year. So, Terry, in previous shows that you and I have had an opportunity to talk, you had mentioned about how many different composers, while many wrote the Ave Maria, that beautiful song, there were also quite a few that wrote music for the Our Father, that beautiful prayer that Christ gives us himself. And we're going to preview a piece of one of those by Arkadelt. I like saying that name. I'm not sure why. Tell us a little bit about this composer. Well, Jacques Arkadelt was a, a composer of the, um, I guess you could call it, of a, a, a Flanders, a Franco-Flemish composer. Probably lived somewhere between what we now call the Netherlands and Belgium. Um, and he was known during his lifetime as a guy who composed secular vocal works. But he did compose some beautiful sacred music, including this Our Father, the Pater Noster. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this very much. And this, the, one of the other things about this this whole program is that there are 14 different musical pieces in it, which is not terribly unusual. Usually we run about a dozen to 14. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are eight different ensembles performing those 14 pieces. Wow. Uh, and if you if you don't count the ones that are the mass ordinary, of which we have six separate pieces, all performed by the same ensemble. There's quite a few different uh, people performing here. This is the Cœur de Chambre uh, de Namur are performing this piece by Mr. Arkadelt. Did Arkadelt come before or after Palestrina? Before. Before Palestrina. Not really. He came at the same time as Palestrina. At the same time. Yeah. Uh, it were were composers of that time, were they familiar very much with each other? Did they go, maybe if distance allowed it, would they go perhaps and hear other composers that were writing music for great cathedrals and things like that and, you know, maybe listen a little bit to what was becoming popular in their day and age? They could do that uh, in Arkadel's age and Salisrina's time in the 16th century. For example, when Palestrina died in the 1590s, um, Victoria, the Spanish composer, made one of his very rare trips outside of Spain to go to fu- Palestrina's funeral. Wow. But you could also, these people could be com- uh, familiar with each other's work because the music was printed at that time. Sure. Because the music printed, pr- printing music started in the 15th century. 
And by the 16th century, Palestrina's music was all over Europe. All over. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's get to this piece here, this Pater Norster by Arkadelt. I could just imagine myself sitting in a quiet room, perhaps a candle lit, uh, and just reflecting on scripture. That is a beautiful, that's really an incredible piece. So tell us again a little bit about the Our Father and why so many did write music for the Our Father. Well, it's a, it's also an essential piece of every Mass. Mm-hmm. It occurs in every Mass, uh, the canon Romanus, it happens toward the end of the Mass, around the time of the Agnus Day and that sort of thing. Uh, and sometimes the whole congregation says it or sings it, um, and sometimes just the priest says it. Says it, sure. Si- silently sometimes. He doesn't even say it out loud. He says it to himself. Huh. Uh, I've, I've, I sing in a church choir, and I've seen every aspect of that. I've sung the Our Father uh, many times in Latin. I've said it in English. And I've listened to it being said and listened, imagined it being said. Uh, and the choir or the congregation comes in at the very end and says, and lead us not into temptation. Okay. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, etc." That's the end of the Our Father. Interesting. Yeah. Well, see, now I learned something every single week when we get a chance to talk. Terry, I appreciate that so very much. I appreciate you coming on the show today and giving us a preview of this week's episode. Thank you so much. Thank you, Barta. See you later. And again, you'll be able to catch this episode Saturdays at 4, Sundays at 2 o'clock. You can also find the full playlist of The Glory of the Mass, episode 219 at com. 823 at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And if you are a music aficionado, it is going to be your time of year because the Grotto's Festival of Lights starts the day after Thanksgiving and runs all the way to the end of the year. There will be hundreds and hundreds of choirs on hand at the Grotto. You're going to want to go check them out. Carolers all around, just lots of fun. And we will have all the details for you right here every single morning on Mater Day Radio as well as on our Hail Mary Media app and be listening. We'll have tickets too for your chance to go to the Grotto's Festival of Lights for Christmas. You'll be there with Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated. Providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. 
For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 825 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And what is going on with dogs here in the Willamette Valley? There's a respiratory disease going around. We'll, we'll oh, tell you more about this. This is disconcerting. Hey, we'll tell protect, you more about that next. Protect our pups for sure. And Pope Francis... Got a busy schedule ahead as he's headed on another trip. The Vatican releases the schedule for his trip to Dubai. I'll cover some of that with you in three minutes. This is Teresa Peterson calling me higher. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Keep calling me higher. That's Teresa Peterson. It's a Friday morning. We finally made it, and it's 8.30. Well, Vatican has released the schedule for Pope Francis' trip to Dubai in early December to attend the COP28 Climate Conference. The Pope will visit the United Arab Emirates' most populous city December 1st to the 3rd, where he will give a speech, meet world leaders, and help launch a pavilion for faith-based engagement at the United Nations Climate Summit. It will be the first time that a Pope has attended the UN's annual environmental meeting. Pope Francis published the apostolic exhortation Laudate Deum last month that called climate change one of the principal challenges facing society. Pope Francis is scheduled to speak at COP28 in Dubai's Expo City on December 2nd at 10 a.m. Following the speech, the Pope will spend the rest of the day participating in private bilateral meetings with other attendees. And it will be Pope Francis' second time traveling to the UAE. A man suspected of pointing a gun at someone in a Popeye's parking lot in Salem was injured after he was shot by officers Thursday afternoon, according to Salem police. Authorities say the man was holding a gun and stopping drivers outside the restaurant on Lancaster Drive in northeast Salem. When police arrived around 435, an officer saw the man walking near Coral Avenue and Wolverine Street. The officer said the suspect pointed a gun at them in their car before shooting him. Officials took the suspect to a hospital with a non-life-threatening injury, and the officer was unharmed. Oregon State Police and the Marion County District Attorney's Office are investigating. A terminally ill British infant has been given more time to live after a court on Thursday gave her family permission to appeal a judge's decision mandating where her life support can be removed. According to a Christian advocacy group, the court may also consider the possibility of allowing the family to take the child to Italy for treatment at a Vatican-run hospital. Indy Gregory, born in February, suffers from a rare degenerative disease and has been receiving life-sustaining treatment on a ventilator in England. The Italian consul in Manchester, in his capacity as guardianship judge for Gregory, issued an emergency measure recognizing the authority of the Italian courts in this case, and the measure authorizes the adoption of the Bambino Yeju specialist treatment plan and assumes protection of Gregory. Well, Portland's brewery scene continues to evolve post-COVID, and one of Portland's destination breweries is sold after a much-lauded 10-year run. Ecliptic Brewing's founder and legendary Oregon brewer John Harris announced the sale in a recent social media post. He opened Ecliptic as both a craft brewing brand and a North Portland restaurant in 2013. It's known for its exceptional food, space-dotted decor, and Harris's new beers. The brand will apparently still exist, and Harris will participate in some fashion, he wrote in the post. The website brewbomb.com revealed the new owner as Great Frontier Holdings, which formed during the summer of 2023 in a merger between Ninkazi Brewing out of Eugene and the Wings and Arrow brand portfolio. Harris is yet to formally confirm the new owner. On Thursday, a judge placed a temporary hold against the enforcement of Portland's daytime ban on homeless camps that was slated to start next week. 
Attorneys filed last week for a preliminary injunction asking a Multnomah County judge to block the ban while the court case unfolds. Attorneys for homeless Portland residents said enforcement of the ordinance would lead to the harm of the most vulnerable. They also said the camping ban is vague, difficult to understand. Attorneys for Portland said the city had a right to decide what public public land can be used for and what it cannot. Judge Rima Gandur ruled against the city blocking the enforcement of the ban from starting on Monday. Mayor Ted Wheeler issued a statement regarding Thursday's ruling. Quote, I believe the status quo is not working, but the court's decision leaves the status quo in place. The city will abide by the court's preliminary order while continuing to fight in court for the city's right to adopt reasonable regulations on unsanctioned camping, he said. Round two of the high school football playoffs in Oregon and round one in Washington get going. And it's going to be a busy week for the Catholic schools. Tonight, the big one, Jesuit, is at number one West Lynn in 6A playoffs. Also on the 6A side, Central Catholic hosts Lake Ridge in Hillsboro. On the 4A class, it's Maris hosting Mazama tonight in Eugene. And in Staten, tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock, Regis will host Hepner. And as we head north of the river in Washington in the 1A playoffs, congratulations to the Seton Cougars. Got that first playoff win last week, and now they roll on up to Shoreline to take on Kings High School tomorrow up there in the Seattle oh, area. Oh, we're so proud of our Cougars. They're, they are, they, they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof there at Seton <laughs> High. I mean, they, they are really rolling. They they're only have one loss on the season. It was, a, I believe, a one-point loss to the center. So they're, they're having a great year. I hope it keeps going. But uh, got a tough one tomorrow up in the Seattle area All against right. Kings High School. Support and prayers to that team and for their head coach, Chase. Well, next Thursday. Well, Brenda, you're a dog owner, right? I have a double dog owner, yes. A, 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 a double dog two. owner. This is this is kind of unusual. Keep an eye on your pup. Oregon veterinary specialists are still determining the cause of a respiratory disease that's been affecting dogs since early August. In a recent email, the Oregon Department of Agriculture notified veterinarians that there have been over 100 reported cases of canine infectious respiratory disease since August 9th. The Oregon Veterinary Medical Association reported the cases were concentrated in the Portland and Willamette Valley areas, but officials revealed that an animal rescue in Salem also had several cases as well. This is important to recognize too, and maybe if you are a pet owner traveling for the holidays, maybe have a kennel uh, appointment for your dog for their stay, check with your vet. Because oftentimes when they get the dogs in these group settings like that, those types of diseases can pass around real quickly. There's another source, too. Dog owners with further questions can actually contact the Oregon State University Carlson College of Veterinary Medicine and Veterinary Diagnostic Perfect. Laboratory. They'll answer your questions if you've got a concern about your pup. Poor little dogs. They just don't understand. They're, they're like babies. When babies get colds, they just know that they don't feel good. They have that weird cough. And we were talking earlier. There is nothing more disconcerting than a coughing dog. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, just, it just doesn't odd. sound right. <laughs> for sure. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, here's an event right up your alley, uh, Patrick. Boots and bow ties. 
Boots and bow ties. Boots and tell boys. me more. Next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. is the dinner and auction at the Shehalem Cultural Center in Newburgh. Now all are invited to St. Peter's Catholic Church's Boots and Bow Ties event. Auction proceeds will benefit St. Peter's Capital Campaign by raising funds to build a new church and expand the Friday night community suppers. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Well, she's often found in boots and bow ties. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. But uh, she, Hair ties. She, she always is very fashionable. Dina Marie Hale joins us with Faith Moments. We'll check in with Dina Marie after we look at the weather next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Alex Nelson, Stewardship and Development Officer of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Archbishop Alexander Sample invites you to attend a special pilgrimage to Rome to visit the heart of the church and celebrate vocations to the priesthood and religious life. This 11-day pilgrimage from September 25th through October 5th, 2024, will include stops in Siena, Florence, Assisi, and Orvieto. Pilgrims will experience private guided tours and have the opportunity to visit magnificent churches, holy places, museums, and Roman ruins. Pilgrims will also get to attend the diaconate ordination of American seminarians at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome with Archbishop Sample presiding, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. For more information, visit our website archdpdx.org slash rome archdpdx.org slash rome thank you and god bless you holy family catholic clinic is a proud member of mater Dei radio's leadership circle located at 21810 willamette drive in west lynn holy family catholic clinic is christ-centered and provides superior compassionate life-affirming health care to patients of all ages Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat and the weather, well, in word wet. We've got this fog burning off later this morning and then giving way to a 30% chance of rain. High 51 this afternoon. That chance of rain just keeps rising through the weekend. 80% chance tonight, low 47. A 100% chance of rain tomorrow. It won't go any higher than that, I promise. And a high near 53. Currently, it is 49. 
39 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. 45 at Holy Trinity Parish in Beaverton. And 46 degrees at St. Rose Church in Longview, Washington. You're looking good in hey. those boots and bow ties, Dana <laughs> I tell Marie. You what, I thought, and I got my little uh, my little sparkles. You do on have my some vest. bling. See, I got a little bling. I try to I try to emulate Brenda a little bit. She's got the bling. I have the silver watch. I, I do eye those things. It is you know. kind of fun. Of course, so. as the good deacon always called me a magpie. Because if it's sparkly, <laughs> I'm going to go after it. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> well, Dana Marie, you got up early, made your trek here into Mater Day Radio Studios. And you're going to be putting some miles on your car oh, coming goodness. up. You have got such a busy schedule. You are our Catholic Energizer <laughs> Bunny. We just always like, where's Dana Marie now? Well, she's out in Eugene. She's going down south. She's up north. And boy, you've just got such a busy season. What a beautiful season of time yeah. to in our liturgical calendar. It's New Year's, actually, right. yeah. in just a couple of weeks, because starting the first week of Advent, it's a new liturgical mm-hmm. season. And you'll do so much for our Catholic community and really work to bring people closer to Christ, especially during these special liturgical seasons. So... What do you got coming up? Yeah, well, actually, it's so exciting because we're kicking off. You've been talking all this week, uh, Pat and Brenda, about National Vocation Awareness Week. Right. So we're kind of closing out that week at St. Pius X. So I'll be over there this evening with Auxiliary Bishop Peter Smith, Sister Veronica Schuler from the Archdiocese, and the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist, and then our friend Miriam Marston. They're all going to be talking about their vocation story at St. Pius the 10th tonight at uh, 645. So I'd encourage people to come this evening and enjoy that presentation and then really getting ready for the Advent season. It's a great transition to think about what's God's plan in my life? What's my vocation? How am I living that out on a daily basis? And then the church calls us to be quiet, to turn within. And I think the season reminds us of that. It's dark most of the time. You know, by (laughs) five o'clock, we're getting ready for supper and it's really dark outside. By the time we wake up, it's still dark. And I think that's an invitation from the Lord. Hey, take some time not to be outside, so to speak, but to be within, to go within. Take some time with me. Light a candle. Uh, get the Bible. Start. Go to adoration. You know, spend some time with me. So in the different events, whether it's in Astoria on December 2nd or it's the weekend at Mount Angel Abbey uh, at Mount Angel uh, over at the Sisters on the 13th of December, these are times where people can come within uh to really spark that kindle. And who's going to accompany us each and every one of those activities will be the Blessed Mother. You Mm -hmm. know, wherever we go, however we get to Jesus, we're going to go on the ride to Bethlehem with Mary. And so that's really part of my message is to bring these people together, particularly at the ladies' retreat uh, this weekend, which is the weekend of the Immaculate Conception. The Feast of the Immaculate Conception this year falls on Friday, December 8th. Happy anniversary to Matre Day Radio on that day. 34 years. Which will be amazing, a 34-year celebration. But we'll be celebrating with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, the Benedictine (sighs) Monastery there. And really the whole retreat for women this Advent season is to tie around the prayer of the church with the monks. And if you've never prayed with the monks at the monastery, I encourage you to use this opportunity to really get in prayer with the church. Um, Some of you have experienced it. Most people haven't. And you can do that on the Hail Mary Media app. And you can app. do that we, easily. We've got that live stream right, right there. And you can join the monks 
every yeah. time they're praying. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's so really cool. inspiring. And that's here in our own archdiocese here in Portland, uh, the folks in Washington State where we, mm-hmm. where we live now. You know, we can take advantage of that. And I just encourage people to get into God's liturgical calendar <sighs> because the calendar out there for the world is very busy. It's very commercialized. And it's going to take us out of our vocation, out of what God's plan is for us in our lives. And so with Mary, with Joseph on the road to Bethlehem, we're going to encounter Christ. And that's what I want people to do. Encounter Jesus Christ, his true presence. I'm with you, Dina Marie. And more and more, we see the secularization of our faith, of our story. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many new Advent, and I do my little air quotes, Advent calendars there are out there that, you know, have wines each day and whiskeys each day and dog treats each day. Mm -hmm. This is our story. And in the busyness, we do tend to get caught up. And I admit, I'm the first one. You put some lights in front of me, me, the bagpie, (laughs) and I'm drawn to Mm -hmm. those things. But the light of Christ, that should be the brightest light that there is in our universe It's important for all of us to not get distracted. And these are great opportunities to do that. Yeah, I really think so. And it's an invitation to really be intentional. We really do as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have to be intentional to follow the way, the truth, and the life. To follow him, it is to be intentional. It is to be forward forward falling into the lap of Jesus, you know, (sighs) through the arms of Mary. We have to keep following Christ. And I, when I drove here this morning, there were houses that I saw the Christmas lights on the tree inside the house. It's November 10th. Mm-hmm. No, uh, there's a season because there's a reason for each season to help us grow closer to the actual true reason for the season, which is Jesus Christ. So preparation, Advent, it's a penitential season in many ways because it's opening our hearts. Oh yeah, And that means really where am I where am I lacking? Where am I lacking in love of Jesus and my neighbor? Oh boy, we really we just went through political season, right? With the <laughs> elections going on. What what where are we with our fellow man and woman? Where are we with our neighbor and how do we treat one another? So I invite ladies during that weekend of the eighth, ninth, and tenth of December to come away, be in a being be in an environment where you will be nurtured with Mary into the heart of Jesus. And the monks are there. They have a beautiful community. I want people to experience this. I want people to experience, you know, the, the share message this year was really about experiencing the presence of mm-hmm. Christ, that he changes us when we're in his presence. And that's really what we're going to counter in all of these Advent specials that I'm working on is let's, let's help us get closer to a true recognition. And then when we recognize Jesus' presence, that changes us. How we act, what we say, what we do, what we don't do, what we don't say happens because we love Jesus Christ. Well, it's not share but Dina Marie Hale is here <laughs> with us. And Dina, if, if people want to be a part of the retreats or any of the other activities that you're involved in, how do, they, how do they get more information? How do they get signed up? Easiest way is just to go to dinamarie.org. That's my website, dinamarie.org. Really? There are, I know, can you how imagine cool that? Is it's that? very simple. That is really you the... can click right there, <laughs> uh, a list of all the different events, a list on how to register for each of the different events. So please check that out. Of course, always the Madre Day Radio community calendar. 
I keep Deborah and Brenda apprised mm-hmm. about those events, so you can check that out. But certainly, dinamarie.org is the easiest way. What's going on? We've got things in 2024 already scheduled, so I'd love to be at your parish or with your community. And if somebody's listening who would like to really just have that special faith moment, let me know. And that's part of my mission with God is just to be able to help those events happen so we can, with Mary, really experience the love of Jesus Christ. You'll be glad you did. I tell you what, you always get me fired up. Yeah. I, I need to see a pat.org is available. I like that. You Dina, might have to check Dina that Marie. out. Org. Yeah. That's cool. It's yeah. very cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that is Dina Marie, our good friend here at Mater Day Radio, joining us this morning. And Dina Marie, just before we go to just a couple minutes left, I know you work very closely with Our Lady of Peace Retreat. I mean, the sisters, they are always working on mm-hmm. the next thing. What Do they have something special coming up for the Advent season also? Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of Sherathon, uh, Father Eric Anderson and Father Christopher Burnaby were here the very first yeah. hour of Sherathon. Well, Father Burnaby will be leading a Advent Day retreat on oh. the 6th. So. Feast of St. Nicholas, remember that, uh, a full-day retreat at Our Lady of Peace. And he's never led a retreat here before because he's fairly new to the mm-hmm. Archdiocese of Portland. So I'm excited about that. Most likely we'll be able to get an interview with him on Mater Day Radio before the event happens. Great. I'm working on that right now. But it will be a full day, uh, lunches included, conference talks by Father Burnaby, and just really a time to get into the Advent season uh, at Our Lady of Peace retreat. It's always a delightful time. And you know their gift shop. They've got wonderful gifts. Gifts, wonderful things for you to be ready so you can get the the decorations and the Advent wreath. You can get your Advent candles, your books, your Bibles, your things, maybe for people in the family. Look at what the sisters have because their bookstore is beautiful and you can just spend a little extra time on that date. Again, their website has that information and they're getting ready to release their full 2024 schedule, which is going to have a lot of exciting things coming up next year. They I have think truffles too. They have and truffles. They do have the, yeah, they do have the fudge and the truffles. In in spades, yes, uh, again, do. just more proof that God loves us and wants <laughs> us to be happy, right? Uh, Dana Marie, well, it is always a great morning. Uh, and again, uh, I you know I can't remember what was that website it, again? Yes, that Dina Marie D I N A Marie dot org, <laughs> O R G. And, and that's where you go, dinamarie.org. Oh, fantastic! Well, Dana Marie, thank you so much for joining us today. Always a good morning. I always feel energized Woo! when Dina Marie and comes in. And she look great in boots and bow ties? Boots, boots and bow ties. And bow ties. <laughs> hair ties. Hair ties. <laughs> now, if you want to find more information on what's going on, well, head over to the community calendar. It's got a full list of events. And if you are interested, if you can't remember, dinamarie.com. Org. Uh, org. 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 See, org. there I already <laughs> forgot it. Dot org. I will put that link on the podcast of today's interview. Make it nice and easy for you to get there. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Please join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, as we pray the divine praises. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be His most sacred heart. 
Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Blessed be the great mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, virgin and mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God, in his angels, and in his saints. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. With the autumn season comes football and tailgating, and there's no better way to score a touchdown than by passing that old vehicle of yours to Mater Day Radio. We're happy to accept your donation of a car, truck, van, RV, or boat. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. Not only that, you are joining a winning team that's supporting a faith-filled Catholic broadcast. So score some points by checking out our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 855 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Headed out to high school football tonight. Huh? Be sure that you uh, protect yourself from the elements. 80% chance of rain tonight, just rising through the day. High this afternoon should be up to about 51. Low tonight, 47. A 100% chance of rain tomorrow <laughs> with a high of 53. What we're saying is it's going to be a wet weekend. Right now in the Rose City, it is 45. And closing out our show today, Matt Marr, what a friend. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
between your faith and everyday life uh, from north of the border. That is Matt Marr, and what a friend. Thank you for being my friend, Brenda. Well, thank you for being my friend. What a great week. And Dina Marie. Thank you for being a friend. I yeah, that's what thank I was thinking. You. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. She sings too. <laughs> well, thank you. See, we have way too much fun. Oh, my God. We are like... I, uh, the, I don't even have any coffee. I've never I even heard some. you sing before. This is awesome. I, I love that when Dina Marie comes in because she comes in, makes <laughs> coffee for us, and, and then makes sure... I think we should get her to do some filing before she goes to. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. What a great day of program we have all weekend. Morning Blend will be back on Monday. Have a very blessed day. God bless you.